0: Go and greet somebody you haven't said hi to yet this morning. The great I am, he is Yahweh Yahweh. The Lord of all, he is Yahweh The rose of Sharon, he is Yahweh The righteous son, he is Yahweh. Yahweh The three in one, he is Yahweh Let's do verse one again Who is moving on the water? Who is holding up the moon? Who is standing on the mountains? Whoops, with the burning light of noon. Who is standing on the mountains? Who is on the earth below? greater than the heavens and the lover of my soul Creator, Creator God, He is Yahweh. Yahweh The great I Am, He is Yahweh. Yahweh The Lord of all, He is Yahweh. Yahweh Rose of Sharon, He is Yahweh. Yahweh The righteous Son, He is Yahweh. Yahweh The three in one Yahweh, Creator God. Creator God is Yahweh. Yahweh. The great I am, is Yahweh. Yahweh. The Lord of all is Yahweh, Yahweh. Rose of Sharon is Yahweh. Yahweh. The righteous Son is Yahweh. The three in one is Yahweh. Yahweh. Yahweh He is Yahweh, Yahweh. We call out your name, Yahweh. You are the Lord. We proclaim you as the Lord. We proclaim your name here this morning. Father, we invite your presence. Spirit, we release you to minister this morning, even as we worship in the worship, in the word, in the fellowship. Father, I pray that you pour out your love on us this morning, because we know that things change in your presence, Lord, so we invite your presence, God, He is Yahweh. The Great I Am, He is Yahweh. The Lord of all, He is Yahweh. Rose of Sharon, He is Yahweh. The Righteous Son, He is Yahweh. The Three in One, He is Yahweh. We declare your name this morning. If you want to just take a moment just to uh, lay down the stuff from the week and uh, just in your hearts turn, turn your affection to God this morning. serve a good God. Mountains shake and crumble. At your name, the oceans roar and tumble. At your name, angels will bow, the earth will rejoice, your people cry out. Shout your name, filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise, Yahweh, Yahweh. We love to shout your name, O oh Lord. At your name, the morning breaks in glory. At your name. Creation sings your story At your name, angels will bow The earth will rejoice, your people cry out Lord of all the earth, we shout your name, shout your name Filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, O oh Lord. Lord of all the earth, we'll shout your name, shout your name. Filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise. Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, O oh Lord no one there is no one like our God we will praise you praise you there's no one like our God we will sing we will sing there is no one like our God we will praise you praise you there's no one like our God we will sing there is no one like our God we will praise Praise you, there's no one like our God We will sing, we will sing There is no one like our God We will praise you, praise you There's no one like our God We will sing Lord of all the earth, we'll shout your name Shout your name Filling up the skies With endless praise Endless praise Yahweh, Yahweh We love to shout your name O Lord Lord of all the earth We'll shout your name Shout your name Filling up the skies With endless praise Endless praise Yahweh, Yahweh we love to shout your name, O oh Lord. Lord of all the earth, we'll shout your name, shout your name. Filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise. Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, O oh Lord. Nothing has the power to say but your name Jesus Lord, give us strength to live for you and glorify your name. Your name is a strong and mighty tower. Your name is a shelter like the mother. Your name, let the nations sing louder. Nothing has the power to say But your name Your name Is a strong and mighty tower Your name Is a shelter like other. Your name, let the nation sing louder, because nothing has the power to say But your name is a strong and mighty tower. Your name is a shelter like no other. Your name let the nation sing it louder, cause nothing has the power to say your name, but your name, but your name. Your name. Your name. Your name. high above it all your name mighty king just call out the names of God the names of Jesus this morning call out his name healer Lord you're our provision our provider your life your fullness of joy shelter like no other. Your name is a nation singing louder, because nothing has the power to say but your name. want heaven without us. Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name could not hold you, the veil tore before you, you silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, praise of your glory, for you are raised to life again. You have no rival. You have no equal, now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ my King What a powerful name it is Nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus You have no rival You have no equal Now and forever God Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. What name it is, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ my King. What a powerful name it is, nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. Death could not hold you, the veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. Sing that again. Death could not hold you. Veil tore before you You silence the boast of sin and grave The heavens are roaring The praise of your glory For you are raised to life again. You have no rival, let's declare You have no rival You have no equal now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names. Let's sing that again. You have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever, God, you Yours is the kingdom Yours is the glory Yours is the name Above all names What a powerful name it is What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus Christ my
1: King
0: What a powerful name it is Nothing can stand The name of Jesus What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a powerful name it is The name
2: of Jesus The words that are sticking out to me right now are The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory And there's something going on right now as we lift up the name of Jesus and just that we would um, join in what heaven is doing right now as we exalt the name of Jesus and let his glory and um, his power do what it needs to do so let's go back and uh, death cannot hold you
0: tore before you silence the boast of sin Do you believe that? The heavens are roaring the praise of your glory for you are raised to life again
2: He has no rival You have
0: no rival
2: He has no
0: equal equal. Now and Forever God you reign Yours is the kingdom Yours is the glory Yours is the name Above all names What a powerful name it is What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus Christ, our King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is nothing can stand against nothing God name it is the name of Jesus what a powerful name it is the name of Jesus what a powerful name it is The name of Jesus
2: Stronghold, Up against everything that na- that raises itself against the image of God. Anyone out in the congregation that the God is speaking to and the Holy Spirit is speaking to in this moment, we just invite you to come up. Pictures, words, verses, encouragement, words of knowledge.
0: stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a powerful name it is What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus Christ Our King What a powerful name it is Nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Jesus. We declare your name in this place, Jesus. The kingdom of God in this place, in this community. That your name would go forth, that your fame would go forth, Lord. That the testimony would rise up. The testimony would rise up in every corner, every dark place. That light would come to those places. So that your name everywhere
3: I just got this verse. I don't know where it's found, but it's the verse about um, all authority under heaven and earth and under the earth has been given to Jesus. And I didn't have anything else to go along with that, but that is just so true. And yeah.
0: Is anybody else getting a, a verse, a word, a picture? second Susan use the mic please
1: when you said that what, what came what rose was so it was a, a thought process to me was um, King Herod you know he had this place and um, these wise men from the east they came they could have came and you know to King Herod because he was a king, but they came to a a baby. They were drawn to that baby in the manger. And that's what he was saying to me was, you know, what a powerful name. Like, what was it that caused these wise men from the east to come and worship a a baby in a manger? They could have come and worshipped King Herod and, and paid him homage, but... But that's what he was saying was through that. So I don't know if that's for everybody or just for me, but.
0: Kings will bow. Thanks, Susan. We serve a great and mighty God. Every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So if he has been given all authority in heaven and earth, kings come to worship him. And he's now in you, the Holy Spirit. What kind of authority can you walk in? What kind of authority can we walk in as a people? he has no rival, he has no equal he reigns forever Risen and exalted one. Jesus Risen and Exalted One. Risen and Exalted. I love Jesus Risen Risen and
2: exalted one
0: Risen Risen and exalted water to my soul. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Jesus, I love you. We love you. Jesus, we love Risen and exalted one, risen and exalted one,
2: Jesus. You are my strength when I am weak, you On are the
0: treasure. cross my shame. Rising again, I bless your name. You are my all in all. When I fall down, you pick me up. When I'm dry, you fill my cup. You are my all in all. you're always hard you don't quite know where you should go and we could probably just sit here for a long time let's let's just let's just give God a clap off (coughs) you are awesome you're awesome in this place
4: Before we uh, change the change gears too much in the service, I uh, just want to ask Mary Ann to come up and she she uh, you know it's, you, you want to, it's like when you get Facebooked, right? Facebook, that's what I call it, Facebook so uh, she sent me a message, this uh, I think it was last night or this morning one, 1 o'clock in the morning so when I got up in the morning and uh, plugged my phone in and I, I got the message, so she wanted to share some uh, testimony about uh, how the Lord's using her, so. uh...
3: Hi. So, my younger brother Caleb is going to Bible school in Eston, which most of you know, and there's a group there that does a lot of evangelism, so there was a group coming to Edmonton. I'm friends with some of them on Facebook, so they're like, hey, we're doing ministry in Edmonton. Anyone want to come? So I'm like, sure. So I drove out yesterday, and um, so the first bit of the day, we were in the homeless area, And just, uh, it was a church handing out food and clothes and stuff. And so our job was just to walk around the line and talk to people, pray with them. And so that was pretty cool. Uh, Different for me. I'm not really used to that, but just hearing people's stories was really cool. And um, this one man, he had gotten bit by a dog, had stitches in his fingers. And one set of stitches disappeared when he was prayed for. So that was a pretty cool healing. Another guy, oh. (laughs) (coughs) Another guy's feet hurt a lot and um, prayed for that. That got instantly healed, which is cool. And he also wanted to pray for my car, too. So you, you give and receive there, which was cool. Um, there was another man. He came through the line, talked to one girl, like, the entire time. He'd been in the military and had killed a lot of people and was just kind of talking about that. And then he came back after just to talk more. And so she's kind of like, what are you looking for? Like, what do you want? And so you got to talk to him for quite a while, encourage him. And then we're like, well, do you have any pain in your body? And he's like, it'd be easier to tell you what doesn't hurt. And we're like, okay, well, what hurts the most? And he said he had two hernias. So we're like, okay, can we pray for that? And he's like, sure. So we prayed. He's like, whoa, it's better. I'm going to get you an office over there. You guys are better than the doctors. And he (laughs) he was pretty excited. So, yeah, that was the early afternoon part. And then in the evening, we were on White Ave, just walking up and down the street. Uh, praying for people i've never even been to white have at night so it was pretty crazy for me but you just kind of see people standing by themselves or like get a word of knowledge for someone go up and asked if you can pray for them so uh, a guy there i had been talking to him i asked like what hurt he said his feet so i'm like can i pray for his feet your feet and he's like will you give me a beer and i'm like can i pray for your feet and he's like like do i get a beer and i'm like no but you won't have pain anymore but like it just wasn't going through So I prayed for him, but he just kind of walked away. The other group prayed for him, and then his feet got healed. So God still got him, which was pretty good. And then there was another lady who was drunk, came up, asked me for money (coughs) for a beer at McDonald's. So I gave it to her for McDonald's. And then, so we're standing on a street corner. We're like, can we pray for you? And she's like, I want to pray for you. So she prayed for us for a while. And then we were just kind of talking to her for quite a while, um, asked if we can pray for her if she has any pain. She says her back hurts a lot. And so we're like, what couldn't you do before she... So, like I couldn't really walk well, but I'm also drunk, so like kind of hard to know what's what. So prayed for her back though, and all the pain went, and she's like walking up and down on the corner, and was so excited, and had to pray for us again, and yeah, that was that was really cool. So I think there are some more healings, but uh, those are the ones I remember. And we prayed for a lot of other people too, uh, especially with the homeless people. There's just like a lot of heart and family things they wanted prayed for. So yeah, that was, that was yesterday, and so I wanted to share those testimonies because they're pretty cool.
1: Thanks, <laughs> Mary. Nice
4: well, that's pretty fantastic, eh? Um, yeah, uh, you know, those are the kinds of things that you heard about, you read about in a lot of the old pre-denominational newsletters. And in the old testimonies, when they actually had testimonies in the testimony, you, you get the joke. We have articles now, but uh, these were testimonies in the testimony of how God was really doing some cool stuff. And so, thank you, Marion, for sharing because that's just an indicate that that's just backs up. You know, that's just a great segue. And I kind of wish you had experienced it last week. You could have shared that right at the end of the, of the, of the message because that was really connecting with the idea that uh, you know the harvest is plentiful, right? And the workers are few. And it's exciting to see young people latching on to the reality of God. God is real, isn't he? God is real. And God the Holy Spirit is with us. And he desires to have a relationship with us. He desires to work through us. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the idea is that we, we co-labor with Jesus as uh, we allow the Spirit as we as we are led by the Spirit as we're empowered by the Spirit that it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter how old you are or young you are God can still use you I heard an amazing testimony just last week uh, from Gervais who shared about how this a young boy about 11 12 years old decided that he wanted to hear from God so bad that he locked himself in a room for three days fasted and prayed and when he came out of the room He began to pray for people and people began to experience things like Marianne just talked about. In fact, things were happening so well that there were people who would drive 100 kilometers away for this young guy to pray for them. So God is real, the Holy Spirit is real, and he desires to use and raise up the next generation. But also, I think it's an encouragement for those of us maybe who have been sitting in the barn a little too long that it's, uh, it, we, we can do that, too, as the Lord leads us and as the Lord empowers us. And everybody said to that one, amen, amen. Well, we're just going to turn to uh, our announcements here before we receive our tithe and offering. And I just want to encourage you this morning that, you know, when we give, um, I want you to, to think about this for a minute. The, the government does not fund the extension of the gospel. Did you know that? The, go- the government does not does not... Give funds to help us get the word out to the rest, the, to, to whether it be our neighbors or whether it be uh, someone uh, in, the, in the region or around the world. But uh, the Lord calls us to give and to give generously because it's all about extending the kingdom of God. And how many would say this morning that because I know Jesus, I am blessed, I'm forgiven. He set me free of my sin, and he set me free from the consequences of sin, and because of that, we we come this morning with a grateful heart to give back to the Lord, to honor him, to worship him in that way. So I'm going to ask our ushers to come this morning as we worship the Lord in our giving, or tithe in our offering, and uh, we're just going to put the up on the screen, the because I know that that's what God's desire is. God's desire is that we would have revival. We would carry kingdom revival here and around the world. So, as we receive today's offering, we are believing you for heaven open, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, and miracles created, dreams and vision, angelic visitations, declaration, impartation, and divine manifestations anointings, giftings, and calls, positions and promotions, provisions and resources to go to the nations, souls and more souls from every generation, saved and set free, carrying kingdom revival. And thank you, Father, that as I join my value system to yours, you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me so that I may have more than enough to co-labor with heaven, to see Jesus get his full reward, hallelujah, amen, as we, thank you as you give, uh, it's interesting that we we, uh, we recite that together, and I was just thinking this morning before it turned into announcements, and I know it also has an announcement you'd like to share as well, but uh, my wife uh, had put her uh, resume on, it's okay, hopefully this is okay to share, because I, I just was thinking about promotions, right? Um, i, I got to kind of go back just a little bit. Um, she was working at Tim Hortons in Windsor, Nova Scotia. And a series of circumstances brought it about that she quit her job abruptly. And there was good reason, I want you to know that. But it was, but it was so neat because she said, Oh no, what am I going to do? It was a job that I needed. And the cool thing was, is what she didn't know was it an interview had already been arranged for her at Lawton's Drugs, and she didn't even know it before she quit her job. And just recently on Indeed, uh, she had her, her resume posted, and she got an email, tried to bomb the two interviews, because she wasn't sure about this whole thing, so she actually tried to intentionally bomb the interviews, and they, they, gi- they gave her an offer anyway. So I just said that she's like a job magnet. Um... So the Lord knows how to open doors and close doors. Open the right ones and close the wrong ones. Leads and guides and directs us. So I just want to encourage you in that, that if you're praying to, for God to open doors for you or give opportunities, I just want you to know he does these things as well. Because he cares about us, he loves us, he wants us to be cared for and looked after. i just turn into our announcements this morning. just want to uh, mention something very, very important, very important announcement this morning. Uh, Vi, it was your birthday, wasn't it? It was Vi's birthday yesterday. And Vi is 90, is it two? Two years young this morning. And so the Lord has blessed her with uh, 92 years. God bless you, Vi. We're going to sing happy birthday. Can we do that this morning? And just to let you know, Um, Frank and Diane are going to be holding a birthday celebration at the end of the month for for everyone whose birthdays was in October, Vi's included. So could we sing happy birthday to Vi? Happy Happy birthday birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, birthday God. God. Happy Happy birthday birthday to you. Amen. Amen. And we'll have cake, I'm sure, at the next Sunday, because as, this Sunday we're going to be uh, having our plan. To, those who signed up for Plan to Protect orientation, just a reminder that uh, we're going to be gathering for that after uh, after the morning service. Lunch will be provided, courtesy of the Coscos. And uh, thank you, Ed and Cheryl, for for taking care of that. And while I'm mentioning Ed and Cheryl, if Ed could come forward this morning and just share um, an announcement.
5: Yeah, just a real quick thing. There's an insert in your uh, bulletins there about uh, Family Fun Night on October 31st. Uh, Just uh, it's explanatory. And when I mentioned it to uh, Penny. She, She got a lot of stuff here about candy, candy and more candy. The main event of the night, candy. Anyways, there's going to be movies uh, or, or a movie, and we'll have some games, and uh, you, you, it's open to everybody. If adults want to come, we can fellowship and have coffee. But I just wanted to have a quick show of hands: how many would be interested? Because you know, we're not going to put it on if we don't if you don't have more than one or two people. So, how many people would be interested? Put up your hands. One, two, three, four, five, six, and uh, some others, seven. So we'll have it. We'll go with it. Then God bless you and. And uh, if you're coming, maybe let me know uh, before whatever date it is here, Friday, October 27th, so I know how much candy to buy.
4: Thanks, Ed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And also, just a reminder of, um, to, uh, to remember our college students in prayer. Remember, remember Caleb, remember April, remember Claudia. Keep them in prayer. And also, uh, Operation Christmas Child Shoebox Sunday coming up on November the, t- the, the 12th as well. And uh, just keep in mind as well the, uh, the family first aid. Uh, John Robinson's going to be here uh, for a number of, of Saturdays. And uh, please uh, sign up. I think he's limited the uh, class to about 24. And it's, it's, it's free. You can learn first aid skills, pretty comprehensive course, free of charge. And fellowship with brothers and sisters in the Lord, uh, while you do so. So, just want to uh, mention just a few of those announcements. And uh, this morning, if we uh, if we have our Bibles with us, to turn to Acts chapter one. Acts chapter one. I don't think I forgot anything. Acts chapter one, and we're going to get to that in in a moment here. And then, of course, in Acts two as well. And so you may have to flip around, or you may have to use your phone. I know we have Wi-Fi here, so it's easy to access Bible Gateway and and Bible apps and all of those things. You probably heard tell of, um, you know, one one of the old fables, Aesop's fables, about four oxen. And they were uh, such good friends. They always kept together when they were feeding. And there was a lion that had watched the oxen for quite a few days. And uh, he was, you know, he was probably licking his chops, thinking, boy, wouldn't this be some tasty. But whenever he would uh, come near to the oxen, they, uh, they turned their tails to one another. Whenever he approached that they would be met by their horns. And so... At length, he, he, tried to, he succeeded in awakening jealousy among them, which grew into a mutual aversion, and they strayed a considerable distance from each other, and the lion, then he fell upon them, and he killed them all, taking them out one by one. And the moral of the story was simply this, that united we stand, divided we fall. United we stand, and divided we fall. This morning I want to talk about the priorities of a spirit-filled church. Priorities of a spirit-filled church in, in, uh, in uh, the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. And if we could just for a moment turn to Acts chapter 1 verse, and look at verses 12 to 14. It says, when the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. And when they had arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. And those present were Peter, and John, and James, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew. James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot. Judas, the son of James. And book of verse 14. They all joined together constantly in prayer. This morning, I want to talk about the priorities of a Spirit-filled church. And I want to talk about how important it is that we have unity in the church. So, Father, we come to your word this morning and we just ask, God, that you would use it, that you would bear it to our hearts, that you'd impress it upon our minds. But, Lord, that you'd also help us to walk it out. Lord, this is not theoretical stuff, but this is stuff, Lord, that has been lived and this is written to be an example to us today. And so, Father, we just ask the Holy Spirit would come right now and that, God, as this word is being delivered, I just pray that, Father, that you would bring, you would speak to each and every heart. That, Lord, you would bring the application into the hearts and make it very real to everyone that is here. And We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, verse 14, and they all joined together constantly in prayer. Talking about a few of the priorities of a spirit filled church, first thing I want you to no- notice is that they made praying together a priority. And according to Luke, there was a group of about 120. We talk about the 120 being in the upper room, and verse 15 confirms that. And one of the reasons uh, that they believe that there was a number of 120 was that one Bible scholar suggested. That in Jewish law, it required a minimum of 120 Jewish men to establish a community with its own council. And so in this legal sense, in verse 15, we find that there's a community, this new community. And it it had enough people to constitute something legally. So this new community had the apostles. There were also women that was among them, mother and brothers of Jesus. All of them, the Bible says, all of them joined together. Now catch that, all of them, not few of them, but all of them. All of them in the upper room where they were staying, all of them joined together. And the Bible says constantly... In prayer. Now, I'm, in my mind, I'm picturing that they're probably not praying 24 seven, but I'm guessing that probably there was co- some comings and some goings. But for the entire time, there was an atmosphere of constant prayer as they were seeking what Jesus had told them about the promise of the Father that the Holy Spirit was going to come not many days from now. And so there was here. Here they were in this in this group, 120. Probably if we looked around, wouldn't that be pretty neat if we saw 120 people in this room all praying together? Wouldn't it be great if we saw 60 people in this room all praying together? And the reason, as I mentioned before, is because they were hungry. There was a hunger. There was a desire. One of the desires was to obey what Jesus had told them. And the other part, as I mentioned before, was that they were looking for what Jesus had promised them. That the the Spirit was going to come upon them, he said, not many days from now. And they would be empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. I want to talk about prayer for a moment. What does prayer represent to us? Prayer represents at least a couple of things. First of all, it represents our communion with God, our relationship with God. How many know that's important to have your relationship with God? Not just individually, but also coming together, together corporately. But it also represents you ever come to the Lord and you say, Lord, I, and, and you begin to ask God for things? Anybody ever ask God for things? What do you, when you ask God for something, what does it represent? It represents what's where what's in your heart would you agree it represents your desires it represents what you want god to do for you so in other words they were bringing their requests and they were making the request known to god so what they were saying they were they were coming and they were asking the lord independently that lord i want you to do this for me and how many know how important that it is that we, that we make that a priority so that we can say, Lord, this is what I want you to do, not only in my life, not only in the life of my family, but Lord, we want you to do a certain thing in our church. How many know you, one person said that you get what you preach for. I also believe that you get what you pray for. And if we don't have corporate prayer, if that be, does not become a priority, then we're not really going to get as far as we could. Because again, here they were all together All together In the upper room And the, old, the, the, older, the older way of saying this Is that they were tarrying They were tarrying They were waiting upon the Lord And they were waiting on the Lord And they probably didn't quite even realize What they were going to get When the Spirit came upon them that day But I don't know about you, but there is something that happens in an atmosphere of praise and worship and prayer. There is something electrifying that happens. I don't know about you, I felt that this morning. Can anybody agree with me? There's something electrifying. When we are together... And we're in praise and we're in worship and we're in prayer and we're just calling upon God to do something and calling upon God to meet with us and calling on God to visit with us and calling on God to show Himself and manifest Himself in His glory and His power and His majesty in our lives. And I don't know about you this morning, but I want us to be a people who make praying together a priority because it brings forth the blessing and and the power and the presence of God it happened that day in the upper room that they were experienced that and in fact it changed everything and they were praying together i want you to notice this they were they were together the bible says they all joined together in prayer together the word together and i won't tell you what the greek word is but the context that is used in it means that they were in agreement about what they were praying for they were in agreement about what they were praying for so in other words the context of acts 114 the togetherness here is more than just 120 people gathering together at the same address it's more than just a matter of 120 people doing the exact same thing and here there was a unity and I want you to understand that there is power in agreement. There is power in unity. You want to see God move, you want to see blessing flow, it's important that we walk together in unity. Amen. Union. More than just doing the same thing, it's more it's 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 about union. An old African proverb says this that a boat doesn't go forward if everyone is rowing his own way. Because we can have a gathering here this morning, but there's something different about there being unity. It's about people coming together and saying, Lord, we desire one mind, one heart, one purpose. And that's exactly what was happening here in in Acts 12, or excuse me, Acts 1, 12 to 14. Their boat had 120 in it. And there was 120 oars in the water. And they were together on it. And when they prayed, it wasn't 120 different prayers asking God for 120 different things. The idea here is that they were together on this. They were aiming for the exact same thing. So one mind, one purpose, one impulse, and their focus was waiting for what God had for them. Now, wouldn't it be amazing if we all got together and we say, Lord, I don't know what it is exactly because your ways are not our ways. You're not, your thoughts are not our thoughts, but guess what, Lord, whatever you got coming to us, Lord, would you send it? Would you send it now? If it's power that we need, Lord, send the power. Amen? Whatever that might be, we, we need God, we, we need to come together on this and ask God for what He wants to do. And here they were, they were waiting, they were praying, they were seeking, they were in agreement. And the prayer was simply this Come, Holy Spirit, we need Thee. Come, Holy Spirit. And we need to reach that place, amen? We need to reach that place of unity. We need to reach that place of togetherness. We need to be cohesive spiritually, just like they were in that first community. They were all in one accord. Now, it was not a Honda, not a Honda Accord, to be pretty small or you need a pretty big one. But it means that they were in agreement about what the next step was, what the priority was. But they weren't wandering around in disbelief. They were following what the Lord had told them. And Psalm 133 tells us this. It says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people, listen, to live together in unity. It's like precious oil. And what is oil, folks? It's a symbol of what? It's a symbol of the Spirit. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Mount Hermon were falling on Mount Zion for there... The Lord bestows His blessing, even life evermore. Folks, if we want the blessing of God, if we want the anointing of God to rest upon us, just like the oil going over Aaron when he was consecrated and anointed, we need to come together in unity. We need to be together. If we want new life, if we want to see a harvest come in, folks, just like I mentioned last week, it was teamwork. Amen? When he called them to be fishers of men, this was not like Andy and Opie going down to the fishing hole with one, with, one, with one line, one hook, looking for one fish. Not at all. No, as we mentioned last week, when they were fishing for people, when they were, actually, when they were fishing for fish, what they did is they had the net, and the net was all together, and they had weights on the net, and together... As a team, they would take the net and they would cast out the net. And not only would they cast the net together, but they would grab the net and they would pull the net in together. And that's how they fished. And today, when it comes to fishing for people, how many know that it's not always just about using the, the physical we don't use a physical net what do we use we we use the web of our relationships amen we use the web of our friendships with people and in so doing together because folks how many know that there's people that you know I don't know would you agree with that and there's some in here would say well I don't know a certain person but you know them and so we have our networks so to speak But how many know that when we work together in the sphere of influence that we have... ...that, folks, we can also bring in a harvest of souls for Jesus into his kingdom? What were the results of what they were praying for? Look what it says, Acts 2, verses 1 to 4. It says, when the day of Pentecost came... Again, I like this. They were all together in one place. And suddenly the sound, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them and all of them together. This wasn't just a sprinkle, folks. This wasn't just one or two people that day. This was 120 people were filled with the Holy Spirit. And Luke says, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled him. Now we know, we know the context here. We know that all of a sudden now there's a Spirit-inspired praise and worship service that's going on. So much so, speaking in the languages of other people, those who had gathered to Jerusalem that day, and all of a sudden they think, wow, what in the world is going on in that crazy place? these people must be drunk oh no it's too early in the morning for that oh no this is what the prophet joel said in the last days god says i'm gonna pour out my spirit on all flesh and how did it happen it happened as they were together in the same place praying for the exact same thing and we know that peter got up filled with the spirit and in Acts two forty to 41, he says, with many other words, because after he preached this amazing Christ-centered sermon, he gets up and he says, and, he, and, and many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourself from this con- corrupt generation. And so all those disciples, all those followers of Jesus, 120 of them, filled with the Spirit, all of them speaking in tongues, and Peter then goes on and he, he, and he begins to preach that message. In verse 22, he begins to testify to the Jews of Jesus' life and his ministry. In verse 23, he talks about his death. In verse 24 to 32, he talks about his resurrection. He preaches in verse 33 to 36 about his exaltation and that God has made Jesus both Lord and Christ. And then after that sermon, the crowd, now cut to the heart, asks, Brothers, what shall we do? And it all started in a prayer meeting. And the call to them was repent and be baptized in Jesus' name for the forgiveness of your sins. And as in verses 40 to 41, he's still addressing the crowd, and he tells them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. This is this is not, this is this is the results of a church together in unity in prayer. And folks, this isn't just some private inquiry that these people were making. This isn't some 5 a.m. meeting with John Wesley about yesterday's sermon. This was in a public setting where now there's this community after this prayer meeting, together are now infused with life, they're infused with power, and now they have a very powerful witness before the community. In verse 41, those accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. That's what happens. When we make prayer and being together in unity a priority, things are going to happen. The second thing I want us to, to notice is this. Verses, 20, verses 42 to 47. Take a look at this in Acts chapter 2 with me. Acts 2, 42 to 47, verse 42. Let's just read that together. It says, they devoted themselves. Who are they? They who are all new believers in Jesus that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Devoted means that they were loyal. It means that they were learning. They were learning. They were growing in their knowledge. And there are some people who say, well, you know, I can't be a Christian without being part of the church, you know. Well, I see here in in the early church that they were together. And they were devoted. And so the second thing is that they all agreed that it was a priority to come together, to learn together. 3,000 new pupils. Sounds like you need some teachers. Sounds like you could open up yourself a university. And the cool thing was, remember, they weren't off by themselves trying to figure these things out. They weren't off themsel- off by themselves trying to, trying to figure, you know, where do I go from here? No, no no, no, if they were going to grow, if they were going to develop, if they were going to become the effective witnesses that Jesus wanted them to be, they needed to be discipled. They needed teaching. They needed grounding. They needed to know the Scriptures. And what did Jesus say to His disciples? He said, go make disciples, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I don't know about you this morning. It sounds to me like they took that command seriously. It sounds like to me they were putting that into action. Because you see, these were new believers. And I don't know about you this morning, but whenever you birth new babies into the world, one of the things that you'll notice about them very quickly is that they're hungry. Have you ever noticed that? Little babies are, are looking for something to eat. And then they get to be a little older kids and they're still looking for something to eat. And then they begin to be teenagers and you can't keep up with the groceries. You buy groceries one day and they're gone the next. You can't even stash potato chips up in the cupboard. They, they just know where they're at. They hear the crinkle of the bag and they just come flying in from whatever room that it is. Isn't that right, Ethan? Yeah. Hunger. So those new believers were hungry. They were hungry for the milk of the word. And they were hungry to know Christ deeper. And they were hungry to grow in his grace and his knowledge. So they devoted themselves. Not to the latest, greatest New York Times bestseller. No, they didn't do that. Instead, their food and our spiritual nourishment is every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Can't live on bread alone. You can't live on pizza and chips alone. Ethan, just want to let you know that. Jesus, you can't live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. One writer said, read it to be wise. Believe it to be safe. Practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It's the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Here paradise is restored, heaven opened, and the gates of hell disclosed. Christ is its grand subject. Our good is its design, the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, prayerfully. It is a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory, and a river of pleasure. Follow its precepts, and it will lead you to Calvary, to the empty tomb, to a resurrected life in Christ. Yes, to glory, life itself for eternity. And if we're going to be modeling ourselves, which I believe the Pentecostal church has always done, we've always looked to Acts as our model. We've always looked to Acts and asked ourselves, and we've always seen ourselves in there, and we've always desired it to be lived out and that is this folks is that if we're going to if we're going to be a spirit filled church and follow that model we need to agree we need to come to the place where we understand that it's important to devote ourselves to the study of God's word number three they all agree that fellowship together was a priority fellowship together what is fellowship? the Greek word for fellowship is koinonia it means communion communion It means that we share, that what we share in together, that that is our common fellowship. Fellowship, we have fellowship. How many know this morning individually, we have fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. We have fellowship with God, the triune God. And fellowship cannot happen between a believer and an unbeliever because the Bible says what fellowship has light with darkness? So therefore, and it's not saying we can't know people who, who don't know the Lord. That's not what it's saying at all. It's saying that if you truly want fellowship, you need to get together with other believers. And again, there's this idea around today that says, you know, I can be a follower of Jesus, but I don't need to be part of the local church. Well, then Paul probably shouldn't have wrote his many epistles to local churches Uh, shouldn't even put them in there to help address the problems if they weren't important, amen? Because I think it's close to 85% of the time that Paul referred to the body of Christ, he actually was referring to a local expression of the church. And so you find our, our fellowship among body of believers. It's sort of like a potluck dinner. I like potluck dinners, by the way. And you guys know how to put a good one on because when you go to a potluck dinner everybody brings something to the table like a trifle right trifle that's good I like I like meatballs and rice and and, and pie I've been trying to stay away from it lately I don't know if you noticed but I'm hoping that the pants get a couple notches down But when you come to a potluck dinner, everybody brings something to the table and then everybody takes a little something from the table. You ever do that? You bring something, but then you take a few things off the table. And the next thing you know, because we've been together, because we've shared, it's a little more flavorful. Your plate, like your life, should be a little more colorful. You know, it's tasty, right? Because if I bring just beans to the potluck dinner, and I just put beans on my plate, it's kind of bland, right? They might be good beans. I might have done a great job. But they might be kind of bland. But isn't it awesome when you have a few beans and you have some brown bread? Somebody makes some real nice, moist brown bread. Some real butter on it. Then somebody else has brought some... You know, some meatballs, or somebody else brought some rice, or there's some salads there that's really healthy for you and you should eat it. So I try to put some of that on there too. But how many know you get a little richer from fellowship? You get a little richer when you come together and you hear someone get up and they testify, amen, about what the Lord was doing just yesterday. This isn't. 20 years ago or 40 years ago, this is what's happening right now. And this is current news, so guess what the Lord is doing? The Lord is using us to go, young people, to go into the city and to, to, to spy a few folks and say, look, you got any problems going on? And they begin to pray for them. And next thing you know, God is doing signs and wonders. And then somebody comes along like Mary, and she shares. Are you going to walk away today a little richer than when you came in? That's Fellowship. Amen? That's fellowship. So when we come together, I don't know about you, but I remember times when we used to go to church and people would say, we don't know what's going to happen tonight. I remember when I was a kid in East Green Harbor. That's the suburbs of Lockport. Lockport population now less than 600. And you go to church... On a Sunday night, you better get there early because if you don't get there early, if you get there like five minutes to seven because they had an evening service and they had a morning service and they had Sunday school. Two churches, you could, you could hit the other one with a slingshot and they were both full. And if you got there just in the nick of time, you're in trouble because you had to stand along the side of the wall. And I remember people doing that. And you know why people went so much? Because they were just wondering what God was going to do next. There was a a sense of anticipation. They were expecting something good to happen when they came together. Amen? And so they walked away a little more invigorated because they had come together and worshipped the Lord and seen what He had done. Maybe that night somebody was going to be saved. Maybe that because there were people. I remember when we talk about people coming into church, and the next thing you know, they would go to make fun, and they'd go away saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit. They revolutionize their families. There'll be those who were drunk and they were abusing their families, and they become fantastic godly men. People would be healed. People would prophesy. People would give messages in tongues and there'd be interpretation and there'd be all kinds, and, and, and people slain. All kinds of great things would happen. All because they came together. All because they worshiped the Lord together, because they agreed and they, they believed that coming together for fellowship had to be a priority. That's what the early church did. Notice in verse 44 to 46, and all the believers were together. And it says, and they had everything in common. And they even took care of one another. They sold their property, their possessions, they gave to anyone who had need. They loved each other unselfishly. Folks, can I tell you this morning that when you got a church doing that, that is a prophetic message to those outside who are looking for the kingdom of God, but they don't know it. They're looking for hope, but they don't know where to find it. They're looking for life, but they're going in the wrong direction and finding death and despair. And folks, when we get these things right, when we get the priorities straight, how many understand that we are going to have a powerful witness in even the way that we relate to one another when we love each other as Jesus had in mind? What did he say? He said, the world would know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me? Number four, they agreed that meeting together was a priority. Look what it says in verse four. Every day, or not in verse four, but down in verse uh, 46. 46, 47, look at what it says. Every day. Can you say every day with me? Every day. Every day, not just Sunday. Every day. They continued to meet together together. It sounds like a continuation here of what the fellowship looked like. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. So that's the big meeting. And they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. So every day, again, the temple courts that's the big meeting and that that was the institutional gathering for the Jewish Christian that was the corporate gathering and in their homes now they started with 120 and now they've got 3000 more so we can do the math 3120 now believers in Jerusalem that are gathering every day at the temple and they're meeting in respective homes So why was it important? It's because spiritual power and biblical community will never be cultivated by people who fail to make assembling of ourselves a priority. A priority. There was a story that was told of a horse pull, and it was somewhere in our country, and one horse pulled 9,000 pounds, and another pulled 8,000 pounds. So 9,000 and 8,000. And you would think that if you got them together and they pulled together, you would think if you did the math, how much do you think that they could pull? Okay, so 9,000 and 8,000 and they, together they pull what? Let's do the math. 17 What did I get that right? Yeah, 17,000. How many agree 17,000 is the right number? da 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 so with your hand, lift your hand. Okay, 17,000 is what they can pull. So 9,000 and 8,000, and that's what they pull. Lift your hand up. Let's see how many people believe that is 17,000. Like, it was a few, a few skeptics. You see, when they teamed together, do you know what they pulled? 30,000 pounds. Let that sink in for a minute. You see, there's a a principle. It's called synergy. By definition, and here's what it means. It means the simultaneous action of separate agents working together has a greater total effect than the sum of their individual efforts. Does anybody need me me to repeat that? Jack says no. In other words, more can be done in a team effort than uh, can be accomplished by yourself. So in order for the principle of synergy to work like it should, there has to be teamwork. And everything we do, when it comes to teamwork, it takes trust. And every person, as I've preached here before, every person that is here is valuable. It's valuable. My wife wrote a blog, and you might check it out on on Monday. It'll be posted on Monday, for we are his daughters. And there's some of us here today, and you believe that I am not good enough. And you wore that for a while. But I want you to understand that the Bible says, in Ephesians 2, that you are God's workmanship. Some people think, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I don't have any talents. That's not true. The truth is, is that you are God's workmanship. It means, in the Greek, a piece of art. You're a piece of artwork. You're like a a, a Picasso or something Michelangelo. Actually, better than that, because God's hands are molding and shaping you. And so because you are God's workmanship, the Bible says that you have been created in Christ Jesus. That's your identity. You are in Christ Jesus, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works that God has prepared in advance for you to do. So in other words, there is already a job description waiting for you. Anybody believe that to be true? Paul wrote it under the inspiration of the Spirit, so I'm just the messenger this morning. And one of the things is rendering the church ineffective from working together is that there are people who believe they can't, they don't have anything to bring to the table. But that's not true. That's a lie. That's a lie of the enemy. You see, God has created every single one of us here with unique abilities, unique strengths, unique skills, unique talents. But it's really cool. Like on a hockey team. So you got your scorers and you've got your goaltender and you got the guys that can check and bang people around, and you got the ones that can dig the pucks out of the corners. And you need every single one of them to work together. Because everybody has strengths and everybody has weaknesses. But God has created you with strengths. And how many understand that He wants you to use your strengths for His glory? He wants you to invest in the kingdom of God. But, he's, but guess what? You're not there alone. There's others around you that he wants you to come together with, to be knit together with. And when we begin to work together in teams, just like when you have the music team. And I can't play the drums, so I don't bother. I just play something else. And so I got a little spot there. And somebody else is, is uh, playing something, and I, and I don't bother to sing all the time because I'm not the best singer in the world. So others can sing, and that's all great. I'm not jealous of that. Let them go. Let them, let them, let them use what God has given them. And to me, I, we celebrate that, amen? Celebrate diversity. Celebrate what God has given people. Because when we team up, when we team up, there's a synergy that happens. We come together, and we we don't just pull the seventeen thousand. No, no, we pull the thirty thousand, and then we get somebody on with us again, and then we're pulling more than we're pulling more than uh, you know another nine or eight thousand. now we're pulling fifty thousand together, right? So we're doing more than one could ever do. One time, our general superintendent said, "As the strength, listen to this. This is a good quote. As the strength of their unified community." Declined, so did the power of their shared witness. When the practices of meeting together, sharing resources, and being devoted to corporate prayer and teaching were strong, they expe- the experiences, uh, they experienced the Spirit's endorsement in all they did, and it had a powerful effect on their community. Folks, ministry is not just what happens up here on a Sunday morning, ministry is what happens when we all pull them together is when we have all found our respective place on the team that God is building. So that means that ministry is more effective together. It means that witnessing for Christ is more important together. It's like what Charles Colson said one time, that every time your car is in the parking lot, even then, you're bearing witness to to your family, your friends the community, that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of life, that he, he is more important than being at the arena or at Tim Hortons getting a coffee. So I don't know about you this morning, but these are some of the priorities of a spirit-filled church. These are some of the priorities of a spirit-filled church and the results. This is what I love about the, 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 the togetherness. It demonstrated to those who were unbelievers, who were cold, who were skeptical, to called the worship team to come back. It demonstrated to those who were unbelievers, cold, skeptical, hard-hearted, It demonstrated a beauty, a boldness, and an authenticity that could only be supernatural. That the resurrected Jesus was real, that the power of the Holy Spirit was so transformative, that genuine selfless love existed, and they wanted what they had. The Bible says that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved priorities of a spirit-filled church these marked a genuine spirit-filled community they prayed together they studied God's word together they worshipped and they fellowshiped together, they never stopped meeting together and they won others to Christ together together Doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that sound good? Do you believe that this early church... No, I understand that it wasn't perfect. But there were some great things that were going on there. Some really great ingredients. And how many would agree this morning that those are the kinds of ingredients we want to see in our assembly? And together... Praying together, meeting together, fellowship together, studying together, witnessing together. Folks, I want you to understand that they were embodying and they were embracing what Jesus called them to be in the power of the Spirit. And because they did that, they were a powerful witness to those who did not know Jesus. Can we stand this morning? Can we stand this morning? Lord, we come to your word this morning and we recognize, God, that uh, the results of these things were all because you had told them to go and to wait. You told them, Lord, to go and wait in the city until... In Luke chapter 24, you told them, "Wait in the city until you have been endued with power from on high," and these were the results, O Lord, of their obedience to you. They were waiting. They were waiting. They were waiting for the promise of the Father, and they experienced the promise of the Father, and it was it transformed their their lives. It transformed. the, the, the city it transformed other places and ultimately it brought an empire to its knees and so Lord the promise you made to your church your disciples was that to wait for the promise of the Father the promise of the Father and Lord we thank you that your promise is that when you tell us something that God that you come through with it you make good on it. We can take it to the bank. We can cash it in. It is a sure, it is, it is a good promissory note. And so, Father, today I pray that, this, that our lives today would be, would be a church we would desire to want to be together in unity, in prayer, in learning, in growing, fellowship, and our witness. And so, Lord, I pray that you would bring us together closer than we have ever been. And I pray, Father, that we would see the models there as well. We would see the big meeting and we would see the little gatherings and how you cultivated the community through those gatherings as well. And so, Lord, I just pray that you begin to do that here today in, this, in our congregation and in our lives. And knit us together, Lord, I pray. And, Lord, we know that, God, that if we follow through with what you've commanded us, then we know that your promises are good to us. You're going to, you're going to do it. You're gonna do it. You're gonna bring the Spirit, you're gonna bring power, you're gonna bring unity, you're gonna bring health, you're gonna bring life, and not only, but you're gonna bring others who are gonna be who are gonna see the quality of the life that we have and they're gonna desire that, Lord. So I pray in the name of Jesus that, Father, that you would begin to if there's if there's relationships that need to be healed, Lord, I pray you begin a work of healing, a work of restoration, a work of reconciliation. I pray, God, that we would begin to just to shake off all the things that would hinder us and that, God, that we would pursue your very best. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does anybody here this morning think that's that's not a bad-looking church back then? Not a bad-looking church. So what do you got in mind? Bind Bind us together. You guys know that one? Do you guys know that song here? Bind us together. Wow, that's that's like from 1977, guys. I was told that you can't sing anything like past, like, you know, 2009 is now like ancient, right? This is classic. This is classic. Could we could we just do something uh, symbolic here? Could we just reach across and link someone's hand? This is this is symbolic.
0: Find us together. Amen. just close in prayer real quick so Lord we thank you so much for who you are for all that you do for the way that you're moving in the earth and we declare more Lord we release more Holy Spirit we ask for more, we desire more so we thank you for that and we look forward to the testimony for next week so look for your testimonies this week, in Jesus name, Amen